You're listening to Sacred Sips, the podcast that normalizes uncomfortable conversations about spiritual topics that normally stay hidden in the shadows. I'm Rochelle Paye, an intuitive channel. And I'm Serena Myers, an author and sacred transformation coach. And we're glad you're hanging out with us today. Grab your favorite bevy, kick back, and let's jump in. Hello, my beauties, and welcome to this next episode of Sacred Sips. We are very grateful to have you here as always. And yeah, Serena, what do you got in your cup today? I'm I'm so boring compared to every other episode we've recorded so far. It's just water. <laughs> water from the tap, not even from the Brita. It's like straight up water. <laughs> Gotta stay hydrated. <laughs> I know, it's important. Yeah. What's in your cup, Rochelle? What are you drinking today? So I am also on the water trend, but uh, I am having a beautiful passion fruit. I say La Croix, but I know it is La Croix. <laughs> is it La Croix? Oh, I've been saying La Croix as well. So the so fr- happens to get French Canadian girls. Exactly. The French in me, and I know people with the last name La Croix, like, so I say it that way, but the company itself, if you go to it, and my husband and I have this argument all the time, <laughs> It's our one petty argument we have. I'm I'm judging them. Is that terrible? I don't see spiritual people judge all the time. But I think it's because it's a US company and we all know no offense to our beautiful US listeners, but there's certain words like we would say foyer up here and they say foyer. So, you know, it's just different little differences of language and linguistics. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I think last episode we were talking about when I took sociology a thousand years ago, and one of the books that we read was by an author named W E W. W-E-B, I think, Dubois. And I was in my head was Dubois. And I was reading it Dubois and everything was Dubois in my head. And then the teacher says Dubois. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, I thought he was just like massacring the name because I didn't know about the distinction in in pronunciation between Canada and the US at the time because I was fresh out of high school and fairly naive. Uh, And so, yeah, I thought this teacher just didn't know anything (laughs) because I'm such a dick. interesting I remember like growing up like so like my last name like I've grown up saying Paye um but like obviously people say payer all the time but one of my previous former boyfriends like he went to like French immersion and he was like it's actually Paye like or Paye is how it was so I'm like this weird in between like mixture of like yeah like Franglish or whatever you want to call it. Do you know what's really funny? I used to do uh, phone surveys for the government and, and, uh, and when I lived in Ottawa and it's a bilingual job. And so, you know, my family is half French, but I have this English name, Serena. And I mean, my maiden name was Robertson. Like it could not have been like less French. So I would call and even though I had the proper accent and whatever, I would call people in Quebec and I'd be like, you know, bonjour, blah, blah, blah. And as soon as I'd say my name, they would hang up on me because I was like straight up, obviously I was an English person impersonating or something. So um, I had a list and this was also how I handled the rejection of being a telemarketer who'd get hung up on. And I would have a list of Mariev, Sylvie, uh, Francine, like just whatever names I could think of that were like French names. And I would call and say, bonjour, je m'appelle. And I'd pick a name off the list and they would, I swear to God, they'd stay on the phone with me. (laughs) You guys, this has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today. This is... This is just what happens when we sit down and have a conversation. <laughs> We're a little all over the place. 
Names are a beautiful thing though. Some people hate them. Some people love them. Some people change them. You know, it's like the, you know, the essence that we link our identity to in this life. So there's a Mm -hmm. lot wrapped up. Like I know for me, I've never been one that has gotten upset like about my name being mispronounced but I know some people that do like so and that's okay like you know it's a very interesting uh, connector we have to this body (laughs) have you heard of nominative determinism no what is that so I think that's how you pronounce it um it's the concept that like your name determines like who the person you're going to become because obviously when you're a baby you're pure potential and um it sometimes it'll mean like people's last names as well. It'll like, you know, I don't know, Smith or whatever. Maybe they become like someone who works with metal or things like that. But uh, it happened with me because like my name's Serena Kelly and that was like where Peaceful Warrior came in. And it wasn't until, you know, I made that connection. I used to think that my names were actually contradictory. Mm. And I thought that it was like, I was like, oh, that's why I'm so emotionally messed up rather than having a traumatic childhood. I was blaming it on these contradicting names. But um, it's really interesting when people do that kind of dig into their name, because even if we don't know what the trait is, unless we like Google it later on, and certainly in our youth, we didn't have that opportunity because there wasn't Google just readily accessible in the 80s. But um, it's very funny when you find out how often um, our personalities or the energy that we bring into the world will map onto the name that we've been given. Mm. Well, I I say this with the most respect and love for my parents, so no shade, but the one, I always said the one thing they got right in my life was my name. (laughs) I'm joking. I've come a long way. Therapy, you know, (laughs) but like, I've always really loved my name. It's like Rochelle Dakia Joy Paye. And there's like, always like the, I never met really any other Rochelles. Like I just really felt like, like me. And I know a lot of people that have changed their names, but yeah. And to the point that when I was getting married, you know, we hadn't actually talked about last names and um, my husband just assumed I would take his. And I was like, no, I was like, I've always really loved my name. And um, so he kind of was like, you know, a little bit upset about it, but we were just talking. And then I came across this basically it was like the school assignment where we had to like foretell our future and make up like different age range so one of the pages actually was like you know got married kept her last name <laughs> oh even as a kid as soon as he read that he's like yep nope like you're good <laughs> and I'm like and you don't have to change all of your documents like that so I have a little bit more attachment I think to my name also than I realized <laughs> Well, I think that comes back to that whole identity piece. Like this is something that we came into. And I think particularly when someone doesn't have like maybe the most harmonious relationship with family and stuff, if there is some kind of tie there, we're going to hold on to that. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want to just be like, oh yeah, totally. Like this is the one thing that's working and let's just like boot it out. For me, um, I, I chose to take my wife's name. She is like straight up feminist she didn't care if I took it or not so she you know she's all about like whatever feels good to you um and for me it was I was kind of ready to close the chapter of having been a Robertson like it felt like yeah okay um this was beautiful and I'm grateful and I love I love that this is my roots and my lineage but like it's okay for that to be the end of that and um you know, and I, you know, haven't done like the carrying down the family name and all of that kind of stuff, that pressure wasn't put on me. So that's fine. Um, But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a weird thing, like our identity and our attachment. I think I was already so distanced from Mm. that life that it was just like, 
a natural progression. I didn't do it because I wanted to feel like property. Like I walked myself down the aisle and things like that. I was like, no, I was like, my dad didn't earn. I literally said my dad did not earn the right to walk me down the aisle. So I'm walking myself down. That's fine. And I, and I actually felt really good. Um, so it wasn't, you know, I didn't have that. I didn't have that same kind of connection to it. And sometimes I don't love those people. Obviously, like I love my people. I just was ready to create something new. Mm, I really love that. And like, and that's the thing. It's like, it, it needs to feel good for you. And like, and it's interesting because even when I access the Akashic Records, like I, it's always a request that I ask for the birth name because that is where our soul has come in and that connector. So even if you haven't gone by that name or in the case, you know, if there's like an adoption and you don't know what your name was prior, like that's okay. But they always ask for the birth name because that's where a lot of our trauma and our connector stores. So it really can be that fresh restart but our soul is still connected to it so it's like really mm -hmm. kind of fascinating from an energetic perspective how using the birth name also can really open up that pathway for healing and and those kind of ancestral pathways as well so here's something really cool because you talked about people changing their names so I've known people who've changed their names and it was kind of like what I was saying with changing taking my my wife's last name where it's like fresh start everything's really good but these are often people who've like done the work and now they're ready for that fresh chapter I've known people who are trying to bypass the work mm -hmm. and they're like well this name this name means such and such and this is more what I want to embody in my life and so they change their name mm -hmm. and they have so much shit land on their plate because they haven't actually energetically cleaned house and there's now an energetic incongruence between what people are calling them and how they're trying to show up in the world and what is actually behind the scenes that wasn't taken care of when they thought that a legal name change was going to solve all their problems so it's really funny how the same act can you know give somebody a fresh start and somebody else tie them to the very thing that they're trying to run from mm -hmm. Yeah, I think often like it comes from a place of not knowing how else to disassociate from that, right? Totally. It's like, yeah, if I can just get a fresh start and like, and then move forward. Maybe it can be that act of like, you know, letting go. But here's the thing. It's like our past is always going to meet up with us. So mm -hmm. it's like, I always view it like no matter how far you run away in the world, it's like you're always with you. So regardless mm -hmm. of the name and, you know, there are numerology connections. There's like astrology, you know, there's so many connections to a name and upgrades that can happen so but yeah it's it's very true it's like you can change it because you just want to disassociate you want nothing to do at that time in your life but there also is that space of really honoring like where you've come from and and allowing mm -hmm. yourself to move forward yeah yeah so here's the funny thing you guys um today we were planning to talk about animals <laughs> And I actually, believe it or not, do have a segue that would have been way more natural than what I just did. But because you guys are joining us for a real-time conversation, let's make it weird. Um, so 10 years ago, uh, I sat in a shamanic ceremony with my coworker when I was working on brains of all things. So we were like, I was in this like super cozy office in this like zero gravity chair doing a shamanic journey um, to find my power animal. And in that process, and anyone who's been following me for any length of time knows about my relationship with skunk. So I was spoiler alert. This is my introduction to skunk. Um, so in this process, I, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm basically groveling with the universe being like, please, I meet my animal. And they give me this fucking skunk. And I looked at it and I was like, you, I was expecting like, yeah, I'm a Leo, big, big cat or like some kind of predatory bird even because I'd been working with Eagle at that point. And, 
just something and he has this and she was so cute just like a little skunk like scoots out of this log and she just would not leave and so I've been working with skunk medicine for 10 years and I'm finally in this place now where I'm um working with other animals and like right now my altar is set up where I'm working uh with crow and with snake but here's a funny thing so I've been I worked with skunk for I think probably about three years and then this company called Spirit Hoods was really big uh, and they were doing a lot of Facebook ads. So I kept getting retargeted by going to their website. And one day I was like, you know, stupid Spirit Hoods, they keep, you know, like harassing me on my Facebook ads. I'm just going to go and take a look and do they have a skunk cat? And yes, they do. And wouldn't you know it, they have a description of like what skunk medicine is, which I already knew. And then they're like, skunk is the peaceful warrior. Ah. And I was like, <laughs> And that's how it comes back to names. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was like, and like now at this point in my journey, when those coincidences happen, I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Like, I'm just like, it's like, it doesn't even, it amuses me, but it doesn't shock me anymore. But at that point it was like, I don't know, like seeing God. I was like, oh my God, this thing just happened. This is so amazing. Can you believe it? So yeah. Animal messengers. What, um, how do you, how do you work with animals in your practice, Rochelle? So I kind of let them reveal themselves to me. So often I find it's either being like, I'll come across beings in like the real world, or it'll just be this like imagery that I keep coming upon. So I know some people pull cards and, but for me, I find like the medicine will introduce themselves. So at one point owls were like my everything. And I have this really beautiful set from my great aunt who has now passed away. And it was like the one thing of hers that I always wanted. And there was like these three little brass owls. And then after that, like everyone bought me owl things. Like I had owl vases and candles and artwork. <laughs> it was like adornments of owl everywhere. And then one day the owl just was like, okay, peace. Like it's like time to shift. And there was a really beautiful unexpected moment when I was in the UK on a layover. For those of you that don't know, I have worked as a flight attendant for over a decade. Um, so I've been very fortunate to just have like connections to other lands, like quick little snippets. So I was on a layover, super jet lagged. I only had like 24 hours in the UK and I went for a walk to go get groceries. And I just like casually was walking out from a hotel and there was a fox that was just right there and we both just locked eyes and then I got super excited and I was like my whole body was like <gasps> and I was like shaking and then it like I spooked it clearly but it was just such this poignant moment of us just gazing into each other's eyes and then after that like the fox was just really powerful for my life um, and then I get a lot of like eagle energy like a lot of bird messengers I find come in for me um, you know obviously with the angelic peace the take flight is always a connector but I find they kind of will come into my life um, raccoon has appeared recently so it's I just find it really fascinating and I'm open to how they come in to show up for me but how about you how do they uh, navigate your life I kind of do both I have that organic revealing that you described and then I also have times where like I'm invoking a particular medicine because I know that it's something I need more of um, and then sometimes they'll like show up in meditations or whatever, but, um, which is almost like the etheric version of the organic mm. happenings. Um, crow for me, crows are really interesting one. Cause whenever I would read it, it was, you know, like crows are often tied to the occult. They're often sometimes tied to death. Um, and for me, crow was always change. 
So anytime like a massive change would happen, I would go for walks and there would be crow feathers everywhere. And like, I mean, Vancouver has a lot of crows and I live in a neighborhood that at three o'clock, you can practically set your watch to it. If you stand outside, there'll be thousands of crows flying around. But there is something in my relationship with that medicine where I can tell the difference between a neighborhood crow and a messenger crow because mm. they feel different for some reason. And I mean, it gets to the point where like, like with COVID, obviously I'm not going out very much. I just hang out at home and they will not, and not just crows, but other birds and, and whatever will come into my backyard and just start screaming at my patio doors. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess we got to pay attention. There's something here for me. So um, every time there's like really big change coming crow. So it's happened with jobs. It's happened. It happened like before I was moving to the UK, which I, cause I didn't know I was moving to the UK. Um, I, you know, I, don't, I think we were like, my wife and I were dating at that point. And it was like, crow feather, crow feather, crow feather. And then um, we got engaged and I pretty much moved like a month after that or something crazy like that. It was pretty speedy. Um, but here's a funny thing about <laughs> things finding you. So for me, skunks are always my, you're on the right track. Mm. And so crows are changed, skunks are, you're on the right track. And uh, when I moved to the UK, my wife was like, hey, just so you know, like we don't have skunks. So you're not gonna see a skunk They're They've been extinct here for like a hundred years. So that can't be what's going to tell you that you're on the right track. I was like, yeah, no problem. First day in the UK, we go strolling through the town square and there's literally a wildlife conservation officer with a skunk in her arms. <laughs> I was like, leave it to me to find the only skunk in England. <laughs> like, and when I came home, I had an experience with a baby skunk who'd been abandoned because the mom had gotten trapped by a trapper. So it was this really beautiful book ending of this energy of, yes, it you know, it's, you're in the right place. And also when I came home to be greeted and to have like this hour and a half holding this baby skunk in my hands and trying to find its mom and mm. trying to figure out how to keep it safe, this beautiful experience of, okay, yeah, you're in the right place. So they've really been a really beautiful messenger for me. And it's been kind of hard to step away from, to be honest, because I'm a clinger. <laughs> when, when things feel really good and supportive, um, I sometimes resist the natural evolution and these energies aren't supposed to be with us forever. They're, we're we're going to have an ebb and flow and things are going to show up as we need them. And, you know, like the, the boundary work that comes with skunk, like that's less of a need for me right now because I'm learning and getting better at it. Serena 10 years ago really needed some skunk energy in a big way. So yeah, I, I do like being able to sit down and invoke them though. Like I literally just tattooed a snake to my arm. So I'm pretty committed to this medicine right now too. Um, but, you know, it, it's almost like, <laughs> it's so funny. The image I just saw in my head was the set for who wants to be a millionaire and the animals being like the phone a friend. So like being able to like invoke the energy because you're like, shit, I don't know what to do. I need something. And then you can like, and, and sometimes it's like, you know, what animal you want to work with. And sometimes you are doing something like a book or a deck. And we're going to get into one a little bit uh, at the end of this episode to give you guys an idea of what that could look like. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like, like all intuitive things, it's what feels good to you. Like what feels natural and trust the nudge, which I think was like episode one, but you know, don't think you have to do it a particular way because of what we've just described. Like you know, if you're flipping through the, through a magazine and suddenly there's like a badger and you're like, oh shit, there's something that this feels significant, even though it's like an ad for like a dishwashing detergent or whatever, if it feels significant, it's a message for you. So just trust that. 
I know like for me I really love like like the organic piece because it just makes my world feel magical and I'm still like a bit like I love it when the divine can like surprise me and I find animals just really have that like joie de vie connector where it's so unexpected and they're like oh mm -hmm. like this feels so good um and it's funny because I have a skunk story um I don't know why my uh, my husband keeps coming up today but we were out looking at wedding venues and we were in Squamish like this beautiful redwood tree sanctuary area that we were looking at this venue so they were like oh go explore the property so we're out just wandering behind these beautiful groves of lush you know forestry like flora fauna and out of nowhere there's like a skunk in front of me and I didn't even think about it and like my husband was behind me and I just pushed him and I ran past him <laughs> bolted without even being like oh hey babe there's a skunk yes <laughs> yes there's a skunk <laughs> and he still will bring it up today because that's fair like it was like every person for themselves at that point <laughs> yeah and you know like knowing what I know now about them I would not react in the same way because I know that it takes them I think it's like several days to be able to rebuild their stink so like they won't spray you unless they're really scared for themselves mm -hmm. But um, I always have to remind myself when I see them of, oh, wait, you don't know that I'm your friend. Yeah. You don't know that I, <laughs> that I like you a lot. Uh, and if I get too close, I'm going to freak you out and I'm going to get sprayed. And I think that would probably ruin my relationship with them, too. So I really don't want to get sprayed either. Yeah, that's fair. But before I knew that, I would have had the same reaction or I, or I just freeze and I have just frozen. Um, there was one in my backyard one day and it was I had a basement suite. So that's how I would get into my house. So I saw him and I was like, oh. I also yay but oh fuck because I can't get to my house and it's late at night so like walked around the block came back still there I was like how am I gonna do this so walked all the way back around the block still there so I went to my landlady's door and I was like hey I'm really sorry to call like knock late at night but can I can I come into your house to get to my house because there's a skunk blocking the door it was like the most awkward thing like 10 o'clock at night knocking on my elderly landlady's door and you could tell she was like who's here and I'm like it's just me and there's a skunk in the way yeah, they they create. They, I mean, that's the whole purpose, right? That is why there's such great boundary medicine because their whole thing is stay back. Mm. I'm gonna get you. Yeah, I think one of my like, I feel like every time I talk about like an animal messenger, like I just am like one of my favorites. It's like so. It's just like the next. They're all your favorites. You love them. <laughs> is that like so? Back when I was traveling in Thailand, there was a Komodo dragon that got into oh. my. Um, bungalow and was nested up in the ceiling and he was just like looking down at me and I went like they're they have such a presence and like just mm. very powerful um and also you know dangerous <laughs> so I went there's that yeah yeah I went to like the guest house like uh reception and they were like they're like too bad we're not doing anything about it because they were terrified <laughs> so oh, I wow. ended up there was like a bit of a commotion obviously and like just some random passerby got a broom that was sitting outside and he just went in and he ended up like ushering out the Komodo dragon for me um and it was just like and it's always just stuck with me because it was just like it was just hanging in the rafters just like looking at me I was like part of my scuba diving journey and it was yeah it was just very prominent <laughs> Mm -hmm. it's like you can ignore them at that point yeah exactly like they make themselves so known and it's like even the other week like I was right before a client session like the crows as well like I had 
I'm on the 14th floor. So like not a lot of animals can come physically visit where I am, but I had to somehow perch on my windows outside. I don't even know what they landed on and they just were squawking. So I was like, oh, like, what do you want? And I'm like, just like grumpy. I look up and there's a beautiful rainbow in the sky. Mm. And then they flew off as soon as I saw the rainbow. I'm like, I'm sorry for getting like annoyed with you. Thank you for the rainbow. Yeah, so I find like they also just want to share and so much, you know, when you can acknowledge that connection with each other, they also just want to share and the delight of life. And it's just such a powerful but very beautiful thing I love um how they just have that instinct of being able to get our attention like at whatever cost uh, however I've also had like the uncomfortable side of that not that being squawked at is comfortable but um there was a period in my life again about 10 years ago um where I was apparently really needing to work with spider medicine mm-hmm. and spiders give me the wiggins so I was obviously very resistant and not engaging and I would get a new spider bite pretty much every week it was like as one would heal the other one would come up and it was they were so aggressive in Serena pay the fuck attention to us stop being wigged out you wuss that they would physically bite me and we do have those encounters like and I don't think that this is just animals I would say like the divine has a a knack for upping the ante if we ignore the signs and the nudges um you know, at the end of my corporate career, so like beginning of 2009, um, you know, I had known for about a year and a half that I needed to leave that job, that it was toxic, that I wasn't happy. I'd been on my spiritual journey for about six months by the time I left. And I was, I really liked the money. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Like I liked the security that the money provided. I was raising my sister. I needed money. And, you know, I, I, I was gonna say auditioned, I applied for other jobs, I interviewed for other jobs with like nonprofits and things that were more heart centered, and then they'd be offering me half the salary and I just, I just couldn't cut it. And so the recession came. Mm. And, um, and, you know, like, every time I think about this, and I go, how do I know the difference between a layoff, and an intentional kick in the ass from the universe layoff, and this is it. The company that I worked for uh, was one month away from their year end where I would sell nearly a million dollars within this month. Um, it was, well, we were six weeks to the end of this period of where I would, I would sell a lot of money for them every single year. And, um, and they laid me off in the middle of May, which was, you know, right before I was going to make them more money than I made all year round. And I was like, if this was July 1st, I'd say, well, yeah, obviously like recession, you got to let go of people. I've already just made you a million dollars. Then yeah, send me packing. Um, But the fact that it happened in the time that I would have been the most productive for them and they sent me packing, I was like, this was, this was, this is not the company at that point. This is the divine intervening. And I wasn't supposed to be doing that work. And I'd known, I'd known, but did I mention I'm a clinger? (laughs) I stay in situations that are bad for me, like far too often. And so this is, you know, like the spider bites and, and, and the layoff, it's like the universe will up the ante if we don't listen. So we always have free will, but it also means like you have to take your lumps. Like if you're, you know, you have, you have, you get the right to choose, but also if you choose to not listen, sometimes the nudges get a, a little bit less comfortable because we, sometimes we need that discomfort to make the action, I think. Yeah. I think like, I'm going to say this is purely sign related because as a Leo, like I am very loyal and I will also cling to what I have. And I've overstayed, I view it now as like, 
overstaying my welcome in spiritual groups or in different areas also because I didn't know what else was out there. So my fear, so if the known is more tolerable and supportive for me, it's like, it has to get real. Well, I'm going to say had to get really uncomfortable for me to do something about it. But like, even for me, like I, I have this amazing astrologist, like he's um, based in Ireland and Andrew and I had a reading. And at the time there was like a potential proposal for the airline I was working with to be bought out by another company. So he basically said, on and around Irish day, which is St. Patty's day, he's like, you will have a massive transition in your career. And at the time I'm thinking in my head, okay, maybe the timeline works that will get bought out. And I was just kind of trying to think ahead of what it could be. And then all of a sudden COVID comes in in 2020 and I show up to work the very next morning after St. Patrick's day. And we were told we were permanently laid off as of April 1st. So Mm. on the specific day, he said, you will have a total life change. And it's like, up until this point, I had back issues. Like I had to keep taking time off the job and they just kept showing how it just wasn't aligned, but I was too scared because like, it's a great lifestyle. I get paid to travel. The money is good. The benefits are great. I love the people I work with. So it was so much easier for me to just kind of do my business on the side or keep things going the way they were. And even after I came back from my back injury, I just said to my guides and I was having a chat with a friend, like, I just want a couple more layovers. And guess what happened? I came back, I had a couple more layovers and then we got laid off. So it's like, they'll work with you. Like, but if you're really not meant to be in something like everything will kind of force you out. It's like, or if you're not going to leave everything that was beneficial about that time will shift. And so, mm-hmm. and this is where we're always in that constant ebb and flow because we might think we know the direction or what we want, but then there is that higher soul self, like our soul. That's like, Hey girl, like her, you know, Hey person, <laughs> like it's like human listen. <laughs> like, and, and it's like, it's just like, it can be fear. It can be attachment. It can be your sense of security. There's so much behind those moments of transition that we can feel debilitated by them. Yeah. I think we need some of the, you know, I joke about my clinginess, but I think we also need some compassion for those parts of us that, are resisting change. So, you know, when I talk about the universe, like upping the ante, you know, yes, I'm talking about discomfort and literally being pushed out of your comfort zone, but, um, you know, it's, there's no shame in being in that place. Like we, you know, it's comfortable for a reason, you know, it makes you feel safe. It's familiar. You don't have to, you know, question or worry because it's predictable. And even when it's uncomfortable, you know, what flavor of uncomfortable it is. So, you don't have to, you know, you know how to show up for it, you know how to engage in those spaces. And I, I think that we need some compassion for the parts of ourselves, especially, you know, at the beginning of our spiritual journey, once we, at the point where you know enough that you think you know everything, you haven't quite worked out how little you know, you know, that part of the spiritual journey, it's like the, the spiritual Dunning-Kruger. Um, when you're in that part, it is really easy to shame yourself for making the choices that are not aligned in your highest and greatest good. For not having the courage to make leaps and it's okay because you know as spiritual as you are you're still having a human existence it comes with a lot of baggage and sometimes it takes time and yeah sometimes the universe will force your hand but sometimes you know sometimes we just gotta we've got to work up to it until we feel like we can take the plunge you know I had people at the start of COVID um in my 
in the, when I was doing business coaching, cause I've just recently phased that part of my business out, but people who had worked with me before who were suddenly like, okay, I'm actually ready now because their side hustles got taken away, or I guess their business was their side hustle and their nine to five got taken away. And they were like, okay, yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. Because, you know, the world kind of got that same nudge all at the same time last year. And I think we needed the nudge. Like we were really living in a society that wasn't working for most people. Yeah, I always like, I really resonate with that because I always have this motto that I've had to take on. It's like, it serves me up until it doesn't. Mm. It's like, because that way I have a lot more compassion about why I chose what I did. But it's like, look, it served me more until it didn't. And then as soon as, you know, I could realize that, or I wasn't willing to tolerate that pain, or I was really feeling so stuck and trapped, it's like, then that benefit no longer outweighed the cost. So it's like, mm-hmm. I kind of will remind myself if I'm really in something, it's like, well, clearly this is still serving me more than not. And it kind of gives me that breathing space to be like, ah, oh, like, okay. It's like, and like, yeah, you may consciously continue to choose that because it still feels scary on the other side, but it's also like, just give yourself a bit of compassion instead of going down the negative spiral because it's so easy to go there. And mm-hmm. yeah, but for some reason I'm seeing the spider right now. I'm just like the weaving of a new tapestry, you know, like if yeah. you're, if your web gets, you know, like water or broken, it's like you can weave a new tapestry for yourself and you might not know where that looks like, but it's always this possibility of creation. Yeah, I feel like spiders are really big um, messenger of trust in that way because um, so there's two elements. There's the trust of if I build it, they will come, right? Because they put it out and they wait for their thing. And then it's also the patience of waiting for it to come and the surrender that it will. So spider is really interesting. And, you know, it took me a long time to even find a definition of spider medicine that resonated for me. And this is something I want to say too, if you are new to animal medicine, when you have the inclination that you've gotten a nudge of this is a message from spider, from fox, from skunk, from whatever, uh, do not quickly jump in and Google what is the spiritual meaning or the, the shamanic meaning or the whatever meaning, the totem meaning of X animal. Do that later. Do that as step like three or four. Um, the first few things I would say to do first is one is like, what do I know about this animal? What do I know about how they behave, how they engage? And if you're going to do any research, research the animal, not the shamanic meanings of it, because that's somebody else's interpretation. And this is a message for you. So you really want to be in a place where it's intimate for you. Like, that's why I was saying how, like, before that, I kept hearing messages about crows being about, you know, death and, and the occult and whatever, but that, that didn't resonate for me. Crows for me are changed because that's when they show up for me. So having your own relationship with this animal is really important. And it's really trusting yourself to know. So the first part is, what do I know about this animal and how does that relay to a message for me? And then, and then the second part would be ask it sit in meditation, just take a breath and be with yourself. Um, You could pull up a picture of it on your computer if you wanted to look at it for like some kind of bonding thing, or you could literally close your eyes if you're somebody who can visualize and invite them into the space and be like, hey, what are you here to teach me? Why have you shown up for me? Then go and Google the shamanic meanings and whatever, just to be able to round out what you've already been able to gather by yourself. But I feel like there's We've talked about people deferring power in different ways. And this happens a lot in in spiritual communities where for some reason we think that somebody knows better than we do about a message that is for us. It is already ours. So, you know, start that trust yourself to know, trust yourself to 
act, to be able to access uh, why this is showing up for you. And a question I like to ask a lot with all kinds of messages that come to me is also like, where has this shown up for me before? Mm. Because oftentimes, and I do this a lot with inner child work with clients, oftentimes um, there is medicine in what's happened in our past or a message from that part of us that also experienced something that's the same but different. Um, and we might not have been able to make the connection to that point in our life before without having this messenger who's shown up in this way multiple times. So yeah, where has this shown up for me before? And like, what can you glean from that as well? You almost become like your own psychic detective, but it's a really nice way of being able to personalize the experience. Mm, I love that. And that's like a really great practice to take on. It's like, how does this reflect for me rather than, like you said, like trying to predetermine from someone else. And sometimes that answer will be in other people's text, but a lot of the times it's like building that trust within yourself and also honoring, like you said, like that message is for you. So it's like that animal showing up for you. So what feeling tone does it evoke? Like, how does it make you feel in your body? Or maybe it's like you with the spiders at first and me with moths in my house. It's like, like it can feel irritating as well. It can be annoying. Like there's so many aspects of the energy. So yeah, like tune in for yourself and I like to sometimes even record on my phone my own meditation for my own voice to guide me and lead me in so you can take what Serena said and like record a meditation for you to connect in with that animal messenger that wants to show up too and and allow you to guide you if that makes sense I love that that's a really cool way again of like really being empowered to do what you need to do and have the support you need um, and if you do have an animal messenger that's showing up that gives you the Wiggins there are ways to not get the Wiggins. So aside from my relationship with spider, I had, I had, I didn't just have the Wiggins from snake. I'd sneak trauma from my childhood. It was really bad. And there was every time I'd scroll through Instagram, one of the hashtags I followed this one particular account would like kept showing up with these gorgeous snake pictures. And I'd be like, Oh, that's really nice. Scroll. Like I could, I couldn't even just sit with it, even though I could see that it was beautiful. And it'd be these gorgeous snakes, these gorgeous backgrounds, these crystals and like all these things. And I was still like, ah, scroll, like very nice. Keep going. And I couldn't, I couldn't be with it. And then I decided, you know what, this is ridiculous, Serena. There's something in this. And I knew, and I didn't know the connection between snake energy and my book, Sacred Anger at that point. I didn't know that it was going to become a tattoo. I didn't know anything. I just knew that there was something in snake medicine for me. And I was highly resistant part of it because I had snake trauma and part of it because I was resistant to the work. Let's just be honest. Right. So, um, so I started to follow him and, um, he's like one of my favorite accounts on Instagram. Now. It's called the eliminated serpent. And I just, you know, his pictures are so friggin' beautiful. They're, um, the stories he shares are really lovely. He actually just uh, put together a snake oracle that he has a Kickstarter for right now. I backed it because I was like, yes, I want snake cards and all these things. And this became medicine for me. It's not just a message anymore. It is like the stuff that I have learned about snake and not by Googling what is the shamanic meaning of, but by um, talking to him about his snakes and um, being with snakes in my meditations and, and learning about how snakes, you know, exist. And in particular, the thing that's really huge for me is the process of them shedding their skin. Mm. And uh, what I found out maybe like a month ago, and this has been like years, but maybe a month ago, I found out that they go blind temporarily when they're shedding their skin. Whoa. Leap of faith, right? It is literally, you cannot see what's coming 
and you have to still leave part of you behind to create room for the new. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and how beautiful, right? And when I think about the stuff that I, you know, like the, my anger work for, for sure, but like the experience of writing a book like Sacred Anger was very much of like, that book is my old skin. Mm. It is everything that I've experienced. Putting it into the world in a way that was very vulnerable is, uh, and with that, the maybe no one will buy it, oh God, <laughs> experience. That's the going blind of like, I know that this is bigger than me. I know that this is needed and necessary. And I'm going to move forward, even though I have no idea what's coming. Mm-hmm. And it was so, and this is, this is why I got a snake, a very cute snake, not a creepy one, but <laughs> this is why I got a snake tattoo to my body because this period was so important because it has, it was pivotal in my own personal transformation, even though I've been doing this for, you know, ex- consciously on purpose for, you know, over a decade, this was, um, it, it was really important. So it was like, I wanted to bring that medicine with me. I want to be able to look at my body and go, yes, I'm always changing, growing, evolving. Yes. I'm not always going to see what's coming. And I choose to do this anyway. I'm going to move forward in faith. So that's what snake means to me anyway. Oh, I love that. I'm actually excited to hear what animal message wants to come in. Yeah. So I am... Um... You guys, I've been playing with different ideas of how we were going to bring forward the message today. And um, when we realized that we were going to be talking about animal messengers, one of my decks popped in my head, uh, which is the Wild Messengers Alchemical Tarot uh, by Lola Pickett. And this deck is so beautiful. I also backed it on a Kickstarter, actually. Kickstarter, if you're, if you like indie decks, Kickstarter is like the place to be because like the Sacred Creators Oracle I also got through there. Like it is just Kickstarter is a magical place. And I love being able to back indie people. And so um, this deck is, uh, it was a partnership. So Lola, Lola um, wrote the book and the messages and, and brought all that forward. And it's mapped onto the tarot in a really nice non-gendered way um, because there's no people in there. So they're not, you know, they're not worrying about that as part of the energies, but um, it's a partnership with Lola and then this incredible intuitive artist named Tanya Castile. I'm going to link to her stuff in the show notes. You can't get the deck anymore, but I will link to um, Tanya's art. She has, um, I actually have purchased um, mini, uh, mini prints that I use of her work on my altar. I actually have her spider one on my desk right now. And I have um, snake and crow on my altar at this moment. And I have two pieces, including the original piece of beaver from this deck on my wall. So um, I'm a really big fan of, of the style of their work it's beautiful watercolor and the energy is just right so um when we knew we we're talking about animals i was like oh wow messengers and the write-ups that she's given are very lengthy and i don't want to get into that what i want to do though is bring forward she has a section in the write-ups that is a message from that animal so this is like kind of like a oracle bibliomancy we're going to pull the card and then we're going to read the message specifically from the book that is tied to that exactly that animal mm-hmm, it's you oh, okay hold on there's two here is it both of them no it's you okay it's deer oh the other one was a praying mantis that's hilarious <laughs> it's like the happiest okay you guys can't see this but like rochelle this is like the happiest mantis oh you've ever seen gosh, right it's like a dancing like pride mantis it's so yes funny. his hands are up in the air it's just hanging out okay so we've got this beautiful stag they're calling it heart energy, which is an adult male red deer over five years old. Okay, let's see what it says. Do you perceive any gaps between your inner and outer selves? 
while there will generally be a slight difference between who you are inside and who you present to the world, I wonder, would a shift in priorities create more unity between these facets of your identity? In nature, my kind live in many different ecosystems and habitats, from grasslands to tundra to the rainforest. I can be at home in nearly any environment. You can feel an equal belongingness, regardless where you are, when you are centered in your purpose, focused on your priorities, and moderate with your words and deeds. When some of our young emerge, they are speckled with spots to help them be camouflaged from predators. And as they mature, their spots fade and their coat becomes a solid shade. This reflects your own process of maturation. You can shed some of the protections that you once depended on, relying instead upon your maturity, your strength, and quiet self-confidence to be your best protection in this wildly unpredictable world. I have a large open chest that contains a strong, slow-beating heart. I will rarely resort to violence unless I am provoked or in rutting season. And in those moments, I'm as fierce as I need to be. And if you've been feeling fiery of late, ask yourself whether it might be because you're in a rut yourself. If so, it's in your power alone to move through it and onto a different path. My antlers are a temporary creation and I shed them in ongoing progressions throughout my life. They grow larger with each subsequent set, beginning as velvety soft tissue and mineralizing into hard bony structures. Likewise, I encourage you to shed any ideologies or dogmas that you may be holding on to too tightly creating painful separation from others. You can shed these rigid constructs gracefully, trusting every layer of perspective you develop will be de increasingly deeper, stronger, wider, and more resilient. I feel like that card was like the summation of everything we talked about. It's even got like, like right down to like the, the, this, the, the off topic ramblings we had at the beginning around identity, like Damn universe. As you were reading, I was Damn. like, wait, that was the identity part. Wait, that was like the snake part and the skunk part. <laughs> it's all there. It's like this happens on purpose or something. <laughs> oh, it was the heart, the stag heart the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? And I didn't even know that a heart was a thing. I would never have thought to, to look that up. See, if you don't allow things to be, you try to control the outcome you miss out on powerful things because they're animals you didn't even know existed. So you got to be open, open to the process, see what happens. Um, but this is like, like I said, the, the deck isn't available anymore, but I will make sure that I link to the artwork because, oh, you guys, it's so beautiful. And if you're someone who has a sacred space, I highly recommend that you find something that resonates from you and just bring it in there. Yeah. This and I also would highly, highly suggest, I feel like I'm going to do it after our call, just connecting in with that heart energy and like your own integration, mm -hmm. like what are your own perceptions and perspectives that need to shift? Like, where have you been fighting with yourself or what do you need to let go of? Like, you know, whether it's through that snake medicine or like your whole, like, you know, like just there's so much in there. So I would almost say connect in with this energy and see how it connects for you and what message wants to come through as well. And that doesn't need to be a big thing. That can literally be, you know, five minutes of quiet with yourself of what does this mean to me, period. And then sit with it and then journal what you find out after. You know, I'm not saying we have to like pull out the Ouija board, call in heart, try to channel it. It doesn't have to be big and complicated. Just find some quiet within yourself and then some trust to follow whatever comes through. Because that's all you really need to yeah. do this work. Well, thank you for that message. And thank you all for tuning in. We are grateful to have you here. 
But yeah, and you know, check us out. Um, you know, check out Serena and myself on Instagram, follow our own accounts. We will put them in the show notes. And yeah, until next time, we will see you then. Bye.